before. I've been talking, last week we started talking about the, the first century church, and we're going to continue that. Just honestly, speaking of unity, uh, in the first in the first church, the Lord uh, allowed them to see a lot of things take place and blessings of God. And and uh, just want to look at that. Um, how how can we uh, have unity? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's a good illustration here, a good good text here in, in Ephesians chapter four. Did I say six? Ephesians chapter four. And uh, he is giving. He is talking about the gifts uh, that he gives to the body of Christ. And uh, let's look at that in Ephesians chapter 4. And let's begin reading in verse number 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the what? Unity. Unity of faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto measure, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto, unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making, the, making increase of the body unto the edifying of self, in love. Let me say, well, that was a lot, but I know that we'll work our way through this scripture, give you a couple, just a couple simple thoughts as we work our way through. But as we look at this, there were given at this time and for today as well in our church, in the body of Christ, Bible says, as we work our way, I'll get back to this text in just one moment. I want to mention two other texts and then we'll jump back in there. Bible says in Psalms chapter number 133 and verse number one, he said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. He says in, in Ephesians chapter four uh, and verse number 13, till we all come in the unity of faith. Uh, Colossians chapter one and in verse number 25, he says, he says, whereof I made minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, to fulfill the word of God, even uh, the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. You'll see a central theme here as we've read some verses and different scriptures from different places 
that we are, we are in need of unity. You say, what do you mean unity? The first church met. Bible says that they were in one accord. They were in unity. A good, a good uh, place to look at and say, man, how God blessed them. So I ask you this question. Why do we assemble? Why do we meet? Why do we come together for church? A lot of people might would have different ideas about why we do. A lot of churches might have different ideas of why we do. But why is it that we meet? That we might be perfected. That we might perfect the saints. That we might, uh, that word perfect doesn't mean uh, that you will become sinless or you'll not do anything wrong. The word perfect actually means uh, of being complete. Something that is complete. What, is that? what does complete mean? It's completely round. If you look at it, if I draw a circle, guess what it's not going to be? It's not going to be completely round. There'll probably be a little spot that's not round. But if you take, if you actually look at your, your tire, that's round. You know, it's, it's completely round. And if it's not round, you've got issues, right? And uh, yeah, you look at that. But you say, what do you mean, preacher? What do you mean, brother? I mean this. Uh, is, is that round? Is so, it, we need to be round and perfect. And that's what he's talking about. It's complete. It's complete in Christ. And that word uh, that is important as, as churches, that, uh, as Christians, that we be perfect or complete in Christ. We are, we are, why do we assemble? Why do we meet? We are here to hear how to do the work. We're here to that we might be edified and built up to be strong in the Lord, to have unity of faith, and then go out in the work of Christ. That's what we're here for. We're here to edify each other. We're here to build up. We're here to encourage each other. Many people might would say, "Well, why, you know, that's why do we meet?" So I can, so I, me, so I can feed, and you can eat, right? It's the job of the preacher, and we'll get to that later. But as we look at this text that we specifically read tonight, Ephesians chapter 4, let's look in verse number 11. And he says, and he gave some what? Apostles and some prophets, evangelists, uh, and some pastors and teachers. You know who that was given to? The body of Christ. It was given to the church. So guess what? This, now you say, now I'm going to explain. Uh, what is an apostle? An apostle is someone who is eyewitness account of the resurrection of Christ. That's what a, an apostle is. We don't have apostles today. But we have people who have been a witness of what Christ has done for them. We do. Every one of us in this room, we've been a witness of what Christ has done. We and then the second thing is the prophets. What are prophets? At that time, prophets were telling of what was to come. They, God allowed people to see visions of what was to take place. John, perfect illustration of the book of Revelation. God opened up the windows and allowed him to see what would take place thousands of years later. And there he sat and wrote those words, giving us, and at that point, giving after that was done, the completed word of God. Now, what is a prophet today? We don't have 
God is not, there is not an open vision. There is not a vision that God allows us to see the future because we have the future been written and told for us. And so this is our prophet. What am I? A uh, prophet is foretelling. I, I, I'm a prophet. You say, well, how are you a prophet? Because I'm just foretelling you what's going to take place. And so as, so as, as this goes, at, at this time, there were prophets that were foretelling the future. But now we don't have prophets. We don't have people that have the ability to, to foretell what's going to take place in the future. There have been many men who have tried. There have been many men who said that Christ would come back certain times. And guess what he didn't do? He didn't come back when they said he would. And uh, God hasn't given us that ability. Uh, that, that ability, that thing, that, as the Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians, those things have went away. They've went away. But we can still foretell the Scripture. And that's what we're supposed to do. Proclaim the Scripture. So we see the apostles, we see uh, prophets, and then number three, we see evangelists. What are evangelists? Evangelists was someone who was winning souls and establishing churches, much like Paul did. Paul went from church to place to place and town to town, and he'd win souls and he'd win people to Christ, and then he started a church and established churches. What is the pastor? The, uh, the fourth one, the pastors, the shepherd. He's to care. He's to care for the flock. He's to love and lead God's people. He's to feed God's people. My job as the pastor is to feed God's people. If if I'm not feeding, I'm not doing my job. You know, I mean that's my job. Then lastly, number number five is the teachers. The teachers of the word. Look at verse number verse number eleven. He says, "Teachers, what is a teacher? That is someone I believe." that God has allowed uh, the ability to teach. Man, I, I, I've listened to people, and man, I have enjoyed listening to them teach. They're not necessarily a great preacher, but God has gifted them with the gift of teaching and being able to teach the Word of God. And as, as the Bible teaches us, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, uh, that's the way it was teaching as needs to be done and not uh, making... Take one verse and make it say something. No, taking the Bible as it is and learning as you go. And that's what teaching is. You say, why are you doing, why are you telling us all that? Because this is what he's telling us in, in Ephesians chapter 4. He, he says, and he gave some. He gave some. All these positions, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why? Why did he give those though? Why did he give those for the church? Why did he give that for the body of Christ? I'm going to tell you. This will be the sermon. This will be the outline. Number one, why did he do that? Number one, look at verse number 12. For the perfecting of the saints. You know, God has given everybody in this room different abilities, different things. And, and as we know this, that the body of Christ, if you are born again, you're part of the body of Christ. And so we are part of this body, and, and we are a local assembly. And so then we are all part of the body of Christ. And so every person in this room, you have an important job. I don't know what job you have if you're the eye or the foot or the arm or the heart or the, or the leg or the toe or whatever it is. You have an important part. And so this job, he says he gives five jobs, but he said ultimately... The job of the church is to perfect the saints. Is to help me, help me 
help you perfect, get better, be complete, be a complete Christian. But we have not done our job until every Christian has been perfected. And this is what Paul tells us in Ephesians. He said, hey, we've got to perfect the saints. Do you know what? When I come to church and I hear God's word and God convicts me about something, guess what? That means I'm not perfected yet. And that's what we come to church for is so that we can understand what we've got to perfect. We've got to understand what we've got to do. But, but it, tells, and it also is we have to be able to self-evaluate. If we're not willing to change anything, we're not willing to grow. We're not willing to be what God wants us to be. We have to be teachable. Right? Right. If I'm not teachable, then I can't grow and I can't become who God wants me to be and I can't be what God wants me to be if I'm not teachable. I think I've already got it all wrapped up. I don't need nobody to tell me what to do. Yeah, that's not the attitude. That's not the attitude I ought to have. But to be honest with you, there are a lot of people who come to church who think they've got it all under control. And so when the preacher preaches on their sin, well, that must be pointed at them. Oh, man, I wish they would have been here. Nope, God called you to be here, you know. I mean, there was a purpose on it. There was the scripture that was read was pointed at me. How can I, what can I do to perfect myself? What can I do to be more complete Christian? And Paul is saying, why are we meeting together? Why are we doing this? Why do we have apostles? Why do we have prophets? Why do we have preachers? Why do we have teachers? Why do we have all that? Why do we have church? To perfect the saints. And look, and guess what I am? I might be the pastor, but guess what I am? I'm a saint. So guess what? I'm a saint, man. You put my... No, no, not that. Literally, I'm just like you. Guess what I need to do? I need to perfect I need to be complete in Christ. And if I don't grow, if I don't be where I need to be, we'll never, as a church, get to where we need to be. That's right. I don't know what job. Everybody has different jobs. But what's your job? Our job is to help perfect the saints. We've got to help everybody out. We've got to help grab people and help them grow closer to God. But I'm going to tell you this. It, it, you can't help people grow closer to God if you're not close to God. If you're not walking with God, then you can't help people grow. Uh, you can't help people get closer to God if you're not doing that. How am I supposed to teach you to do something that I'm not doing? I can't. And that's why it's so important that Brother Trenton does what he needs to do. But guess what? You need to do what you need to do. Because do you know what do you know what the uh, the older men and the older women of the church are supposed to do? Teach those that come behind you. So guess what your job is to teach. And I've said it before, and and I and I continue to say it. Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. People watch. Brand new Christians, man, they watch. They're watching the older Christians. See how they how they do it. Well, they don't know that. What are we supposed to do? We teach by what we say, by what we do. We do. Every one of us do. I do. You do. He said we're supposed to perfect the saints. Not only do we need to perfect the saints, but why else does he tell us this? Number two, it's for the work of the ministry. Verse number 12. He says... For the perfecting of the saints and then for 
the work of the ministry. What's the work of the ministry? What is the work of the ministry? The gospel, the work, and the things that take place in here. The things that we're supposed to be about. The things that we're to do. The work of the ministry should be done every day we live. Every day we travel. Everywhere we work. Every place we have people that we come in contact with. That is the work of the ministry. But what is our job as a church is we're to work. That it is for the work of the ministry. That the prophets, he gave them prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers. All for the perfecting of the saints. And for the work of the ministry. And so as a pastor, sure, my job is to feed the flock, but I still need to work in the ministry of God. I, my sole job is, is, uh, is being a pastor, but I still need to be in the ministry. I still need to be telling people about Christ. I still need to be going soul winning. I still need to be telling other folks about Christ. That's my job. My job hasn't changed because guess what I am? I'm still a Christian. And so guess what your job is? No matter what job you hold in this church, your job is to tell and be part of the work of the ministry of God. Every one of us. And nobody's exempt from the work of the ministry of God. Might come a place where you might be physically limited on what you can do, but you'll never get to a place where you can't do something for God. Because every single person has a job. What is your job? What is your ministry? What are we here for? We're here to glorify God. We're here to grow. That we might be complete. That we might be perfected. But one of those things I believe is part of that perfecting is being involved in the work of the ministry of God. What ministry can I be involved in? greatest ministry in the world spread the gospel you pray you give financially you tell other people about the gospel you carry those tracts with you you give them out that's part of the ministry of the gospel am I involved in the ministry of the gospel. Let me ask you this. What would Jesus do? In the old saying, WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would he do? How would he act? How would he treat others? Where would he go with the gospel? What ministry would he be involved in? That's what ministry I need to be involved in. every ministry I can. And this is, and you say, now I'm trying, I'm getting there. Number three. Number three. Why us? Why? Number three. Is to edify, look in verse 12. He said, for the edifying of the who? Saints. Of the body of Christ. What does edify mean? Edify means to build up. Edify means to strengthen. So what do we need to do? What is our job? What is my job as a pastor? What is your job as a teacher? What is your job as a church? What is our job? 
is to edify you. To edify the body of Christ. To strengthen the body of Christ. To help encourage people. Just letting them know that you care is encouraging. Simple. But people need to be strengthened. People do. This world is hurting. This world is full of hurting people. You know what they need? Someone to come by and help strengthen them. Someone to come by and edify them. Someone to come by and show them simply that they love them. You know, compassion will go a long way. Will go a long way. What is the statement? I want to know how much you know until they know how much you care. That's not how that statement goes, is it, Miss Stacy? How is it? true until they know that you care about them compassion love encouraging I think one of the, the biggest things as church that we can do is simply encourage one another because everybody everybody experiences a downtime everybody experiences time where, man, I just got to give up. Where they, they know that someone cares, knows that someone that is encouraging them, knows that somebody is behind them, guess what? It might change how they feel. It might change what they do if they just know that someone wants to encourage them. Now, one, one thought more, and we'll be done. Why? Why is all this, when we do all of this, when we perfect the saints, when we uh, work, for the, work for the ministry and edify the body of Christ, what is this complete? What do we complete? Verse 13. Till we all come in the what? Unity. You know what would cause us all to be on the same page? Unity will, but when we perfect the saints, when we work, and when we edify each other. Do you know it helps a team to know that the other guy's fighting just as hard as you are and working just as hard as you are and doing just as much as you're doing and trying to do exactly what the other person needs? You know, I know... You've worked beside, right beside people. Some of the greatest people to work beside are those that you get along with. Those that help maybe even compliment you. Those that, man, you went to go do it and they had already done it. Huh? You went to, oh man, I was going to do that, but he already did it. As a church, yeah, this is what he's saying. He said, we need to perfect the saints. We need to edify each other. We need to work with the ministry so that we can have unity. And so when we do those things, and when we have that perfecting of the saints, and we're perfecting each other, and we're edifying each other, and we're working together, guess what we're going to be? We're going to be unified. 
We're going to be on the same page. We're going to be, we're going to be uh, brethren uh, that we ought to dwell in unity. And so everything we do, we ought to want to all strive together because one, can, one person pull in this direction and ten people pull in this direction, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you get all, if you get everybody pulling in the same direction at the same time, what can you do? How much more can you accomplish? Have you? I don't know if you've ever watched the Olympics, but the rowing teams. Have you ever seen the rowing teams yes. on the water? I mean, it is amazing to watch. If you've ever, if you ever get a chance to sit there and watch those guys row, I mean, because they all are together. And there, I don't know, 10 guys rowing. And they each have two rows in each hand. And they're going. Shh, shh, shh. And you know what every one of them are doing? At the exact same time, at the exact same place, they're shh, together, working together. You know how fast they would go if all of them were doing different? You're going too slow. You better speed up. Man. You're going too fast. You better slow down. Man. And they're arguing, steady arguing because one's going too fast and one's going too slow. And you're going to medium. We all need to work together. How much faster do they go when they all just get in rhythm together? That's right. That's right. You know, how much, how much unity a church can have if we all row the same speed, work together. You say, are, are we have problems? No, we're not having problems. I don't feel like there's disunity at all. But we look at this first century church, what did they have? They had unity. They were in one accord. When God came down and met with them, the Bible tells that the Holy Ghost came upon them and they preached the gospel and thousands of people were saved and they changed the world for Christ because I believe because they were in unity. They were striving together for the same goal. Same thing. Paul says, we have teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles, pastors for the edifying of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Why do we do all, why do we do that? For the unity of faith. We're all born again. If, you're, if you've been, if you've asked Christ to be your Savior, guess what? You're born again. So we're all in the family of God. So we all ought to want to strive together to make things work for God. It's interesting to note in the next couple of verses he mentions in Ephesians chapter 4, we see that he says in verse number 13, tell we all, Come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Then he goes on, he says in verse number 16, he says in verse 15, speaking love and truth. I mean, truth and love. And he's, he's telling us that we ought to preach the word in truth and preach the word in, in love so that we will all grow together spiritually and be the place where God wants us to be. Verse number 16, he said, For the who the whole body fitly joined together. What happens if your heart beats too fast? What happens if your eyelids blink too much and you got water running everywhere, huh? If things don't work right in your body, is it something to be off? What happens if a body doesn't work like it's supposed to? You have problems. What happens if a church body doesn't work like it's supposed to? You can have problems. 
I'm done. But every joint supplieth according to the effectual working. I don't know if you've ever done it before. How many of you have ever done a three-legged race? You ever ran in a three-legged race before? No. No? You know what a three-legged race is? Wow. You know what a three-legged race is? No. I remember in grade school, I, I can't remember. I, I can't remember. I, I know that it was, I, I believe it was in grade school, we had a uh, track day or something like that. We had to run a three-legged race. And what they do, they put two people together and they tie the right, the, the same, the, my right foot, the person's left foot together, and they tie it together at the ankle. And you had a race. A bunch of other people tied just like that. On your mark, you set, go. Any other people that won? There were people that they had their shoulder, they had their arms around each other. And they were some of them cheated and picked up you guy and carried him down there, you know. But, but most of them, they worked together. They had to step and step. They had to be together in steps. You know what? What we're gonna accomplish the most as a church? is when we're all working and striving together for the gospel. For Christ. What do I need to do to make that happen? What do you need to do that we may strive together? For the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of others, for the work of the ministry. Let's do it together. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I pray each and every one of us, myself included, that we would strive to work together. We would strive to be on the same team, same, same goal. Lord, I, I don't think we have any issues. I, I really don't. I really don't think we have disunity. Well, Lord, I, I, I would ask that there is, if there is, that you 